You're listening to New England Take to WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm AJ Kirstead. Be sure to check out the NewEnglandTake.com to learn more about the show and follow New England Take on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In this segment, I'm joined by Ned Helms. Welcome to the show. It's nice to be with you, AJ. I'm just going to go ahead and steal the first paragraph from the press release that Goodwill put out. So just get straight to the point and saves me time. So uh, Edgar Ned Helms is the former founder and director of the New Hampshire Institute for Health Policy and Practice at the University of New Hampshire, which is where I met him, and former project director for the New Hampshire Citizens Health Initiative, which which was elected to serve as board chair. I'm sorry. He has been selected to serve as board chair for Goodwill Industries for their board of directors. Helms is actually the grandson of Goodwill founder. Reverend Edgar J. Helms, a Methodist minister, and fascinated by that too. We'll get there. Uh, okay. But overall, for anyone that isn't familiar with Goodwill, what is the the company around? Goodwill is a federation, sort of like the Boy Scouts or the YMCA's or the YWCA's. There are 156 Goodwill agencies around the country. All of them are governed uh, by a locally elected board of trustees. They're all 501c3 not for profits. Um, The thing they have in common uh, that is most recognizable are the retail stores. Um, 85% of the population of the United States of America uh, lives within a 15-minute drive of a Goodwill store. Um, You know, when you roll up the um, budgets of all of the Goodwills, uh, it's a $6 billion operation um, in the United, well, in North America. Um, because there are a number in, in Canada as well. And there is far-flung affiliates as in South Korea and in Scandinavia and some in Africa. But the bulk of it is, is here in North America. Um, and so I was on the board of trustees of Goodwill of Northern New England for a number of years. Um, Goodwill of Northern New England covers Maine, New Hampshire, and the uh, northern part of Vermont and the Burlington area. And so I was on there for a number of years. And then um, I was nominated to go on to the board of Goodwill International, as it is known. Um, and I uh, went on there five years ago. Um, the, the actual office itself uh, is down in the Washington DC area. And what they do is they, uh, they provide support for all of the 156 independent Goodwills or, you know, member goodwills. Um, they make sure that there are membership standards in place. If you want to hang the smiling G, blue G, out in front of your store, there are certain brand standards that are are required. And in addition to that, uh, they provide a lot of support and help. Um, there are some places that are doing a, a bang-up job with their retail, other places that aren't quite as developed. And so how do we help each other get better? Yeah, people don't understand. There's a lot of background yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff with on the back end when it comes to nonprofits, especially organizations like Goodwill or the Boy Scouts and such, where there's there's affiliates all over the place. There's all sorts of legal things they need to deal with. There's lobbying aspects of making sure that they're getting the funding they need from various companies or government agencies and such. So I'd imagine right. that the national the international office must be quite busy with a lot of stuff like that. It is. It is. It's relatively uh, a relatively small office. There's about a probably 80 people mm-hmm. uh, that are in the office, but it's very focused. Over the past, uh, well, as you can well imagine, over the past year and a half, it's been quite something. At one point, 
almost all the Goodwill stores in the United States were closed because of COVID. And what happens is, um, as you said, we get federal grants, we get governmental grants, we get foundation grants, some of them locally, some of them nationally. But then when the, any profit, if you will, that's made from the retail stores gets reinvested in the community and Goodwill's major focus is on job training and job placement. Um, when my grandfather founded Goodwill Industries, it was in the late 1800s, early 1900s in um, the South End in Boston. And the South End at that time, like New York and other coastal cities, uh, was a place where immigrants from all over the world were landing. So it's a new country. It's a new language. They arrived with probably many of them just with the clothes on their back. How do they find a job? How do they learn the language? Um, if, if they have kids and they can find a job, if they need daycare. And so my grandfather, along with some of the other ministers at what was then known as the, uh, the Morgan Memorial Chapel, uh, the, the Morgan Chapel in, in Boston said, we've got a role to play here. We can help these people. And the phrases that are you know used in Goodwill a lot are the phrase, not charity, but a chance handout, but a hand up. And the whole idea was that people get a job, certainly so they can get a job, go to work and get paid. But a job is part of your dignity, a part of your self-worth. Um, and there are populations that have difficulty, more difficulty than others, breaking through. Mm. The immigrants in the early 1900s, folks coming back from World War One and World War Two with both physical as well as psychological damage how do they get back into the workforce when we went through the whole process of closing down institutions for the mentally retarded and the developmentally disabled as they were called at the time um, we wanted to bring those people into the community and goodwill's approach was not oh let us care for you but let us help support you as you find your way to be able to share in the gift called community Let's help build a life. And so, you know, when you walk into the, the Goodwill stores here in New Hampshire, the first thing you see um, are the clothes that have come from people that say, you know, there's still a lot of life left in this shirt or this desk or whatever it might be. Um, but that's the first step on a process that allows us as a as a social enterprise, we're the, we're the largest and most successful social enterprise in North America. We have the most recognized not-for-profit brand in North America. Um, and that allows us to do things that you wouldn't be able to do if you were just the Concord Thrift Store um, without being tied into that larger network with all the advantages. I'll give you one example. Um, recently, probably within the last two or three years, as I recall, we um, made an arrangement with Google in which they are working with many of our stores so that they can teach the folks through training how to master computer science. Wow. So that they can run, you know, an automated retail operation. Maybe they can run a computer operation in an auto um, repair uh, place. And, the, the, the thing that's going on right now is that the jobs we might have placed people in five or seven years ago, AJ, it's not going to exist in 2025. 
with artificial intelligence, everything else that's going on. And so we got our hands full. Oh, yeah, definitely. The retail business. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, retail is, especially on the onset before we maybe going into the future and what what you guys are going to be looking to do for helping people with employment is retail is a fantastic opportunity for, it's the reason why teenagers, like it's a great first job for them because they get to learn how to, the customer service, they get to learn managing inventory, being trustworthy with material that isn't theirs. And and on the back end, inventory, keeping track of numbers and things like that, it, it's got to be a fantastic opportunity for people to move on to bigger and better things independently. Absolutely. I was just out at the uh, – it's the first meeting we've had since March of 2020 together. It's called oh, wow. the Delegate Assembly. It's a gathering once a year of all the CEOs from all the Goodwills as well as their board chairs. And the last, uh, the last meeting – uh, of the, the two-day conference, they have a thing called the Shining Stars Banquet. And what they do is nationally, they award uh, people who have made an extraordinary difference in their own life. And the fellow that won it this year had spent a lot of time in corrections, uh, had um, substance abuse issues, got out of corrections and said, where do I go? How can I find a job? Do I have the skills? Well, he goes to the Goodwill. He gets a job. He's the guy in, in his first job who is meeting you at the car and unloading your, your stuff. Then he's running the back room and organizing that. Right now, he's running a Goodwill store, and he's about to be promoted uh, to be uh, overseeing about five or six of the Goodwill stores within his state. That's amazing. And a story that just sort of says, ah, that's why we're here. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, the Concord previously owned goods store. (laughs) It is the Goodwill Network. Uh, And we learn from others. Other people learn from us. The Goodwill of Northern New England um, is about the 17th largest Goodwill in the country. Uh, out of the 156. So it's a it's a robust operation. And interestingly, in Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, we do different things um, because we're responding to the backdrop. We we work here in, in, in New Hampshire uh, with a women's prison, have done a lot of work with them. Uh, families in transition, we do work with them. Over in Maine, uh, there's a lot of work with the uh, people with um, brain injury, uh, returning veterans, et cetera, et cetera. So it's who needs a hand? How can we help? And that's going to be similar in many ways, but it's going to be unique. You know, Maine isn't Alabama. Uh, and so we've just got to learn those lessons. And so you you have 156 very focused goodwills that really know their backyard. They are strong individually, but together, goodwill is tremendously powerful, uh, tremendously powerful. And going off of that, I mean, as stepping in as the chair, I mean, what what are your goals here for the next five to 20 years, essentially, to make sure goodwill continues to expand and be as vital to their local uh, communities? We just finished. I I actually, uh, in the last year, was was the the vice chair of the board getting ready to become the chair. And 
the role of vice chair, my responsibility was to oversee the strategic planning process. So we just completed the strategic plan in the latter part of last year. Um, and what we're doing is we are facing a changing future. We know the jobs of the future will be different. How do we train? Who are the partners we can look to? Uh, what can we do not only with Google, but with other companies, uh, national companies? And so one of our strategic plans is to leverage our capacity by seeking partnerships that are gonna be powerful. And Goodwill's in each of their local locales are doing those partnerships, as I just mentioned, families in transition, et cetera, et cetera. But on a national level, um, we really have some uh, some power to do that. So one of them is leveraging that. Another is providing data and information to all those good wills to say, and, and we do this on a monthly basis, how are you doing? Not just how are you doing, how are you doing in comparison to the other goodwills? How are you doing to the other uh, goodwills that are your size and budget range? What about those that are your neighbors? And it's not a competitive process to say, ah, I'm first, you're third. It's to say, who's doing what really well? And we have a thing called the Opportunity Accelerator that's part of our strategic plan, which will be a way to say, if someone's doing something really well, how do we link them up with someone who wants to do it better? Um, the other thing we're doing is we have a sustainability accelerator. We divert hundreds of millions of pounds from the waste stream. Uh, uh, textiles are one of the biggest polluters of water in the world. And we divert whatever we can't sell in the stores or sell in bulk, we divert from the waste stream. So it's, it's very sustainable. But in order to do that, how are you doing with your retail operations? How are you doing with your second market operations? How do we sustain that and leverage it? And then the, the other thing that we're doing that's part of the strategic plan is what we're calling the Goodwill Academy. And that will take all of the lessons we've learned, all the prog programs we have, um, and converting those into best-in-class workbooks so that you can attend a conference that's put on by Goodwill International. And it's not that we're teaching them, we're reaching out to a Goodwill that is hitting it out of the park in some area. And together with them, we're building a workbook, a plan book that, you know, not only we can hand you and say, good luck, uh, but we can also link you up with people who can come in. So we have to be there. And the other thing, AJ, and you just mentioned it, not only do we have a revolution in terms of the jobs we have to prepare for, in the marketplace, retail is a whole new world. Yeah. Look at what's going on online. You know, you have companies like Patagonia that not only want to sell new goods, they want to control the secondhand goods that they have. How are they going to do that? Are they looking for partners? Um, we're in a, a, a completely new landscape on retail and it's moving so quickly one of our findings in the strategic plan is, you know, it's a big operation. It's 156 individual voices. we got to be as agile as we possibly can. So I'd, I'd imagine technology is going to be, a, I'd imagine technology is going to be vital to going forward, whether it's, it's the data you're getting or a matter of what you're going to do with your retail operations. Absolutely right. And our new 
not new, he came in two years ago. Steve Preston is the uh, president and CEO. Uh, Steve is a pretty unique guy. He was tremendously successful in the private sector, running companies, chief financial officer. He, he did very, very well in the private sector. And then he decided at some point in his life, that's good, um, but I wanna give something back. So he was actually uh, the administrator of the Small Business Administration. He was the secretary of the Department of Housing and Urban Development in the first Bush administration. Um, and, um, you know, he, he just knows what he is about and he really understands that we've got to move ahead. Um, and he inherited a, a data improvement project that frankly wasn't going well. <laughs> and a lot of the members weren't real happy. And he just had to get in and unscramble the egg that needed to be unscrambled and build it again. And now we've got a technology platform. Uh, we just went through the newest iterations at this conference and people are going, wow, does this give us a hand? I mean, we can see ourselves in comparison to others and how we're doing in a way we've never been able to do it before. So it's um, how do we learn together? How do we learn quickly? How to become wise? And how to leverage our strength. So we got about two minutes left. I mean, sure. very, very briefly. I mean, I'd imagine the opioid epidemic has really caused a. I don't know whether it's a hurdle or an added amount of people that you're able to help as Goodwill. Can you can you speak to the impact that has had on your operation? Huge, huge, especially for people who have had addiction and problems. But let me give you an example. A lot of times, addiction leads to trouble. Trouble leads to corrections. Corrections leads to jail. You come out. You don't want to get back into that cycle. You want to move. The average recidivism rate for people getting out of corrections institute institutions is 40% of the people who get out get back in. In the areas where we are running programs for folks who are coming out of corrections institutes institutions, the recidivism rate for those that have gone through our programs is 4%, four as opposed to 40. Now we're not doing that in every city and town and goodwill. We're doing them in enough. So when someone says, boy, it's really popping in our our area. Um, Same thing with veterans, a whole lot of stuff. We do a ton of stuff. Um, We helped 40,000 veterans last year who gave the sacrifice of their time and life protecting us. And it's our job to, to help them as they're getting reintegrated. So you're absolutely right. You have to rise to the occasion. You have to rise to what faces you. And, um, you know, as my grandfather said, people of goodwill, don't be satisfied until everyone in your community can share in abundant living. So, that's what we try and do every day. Ned, thank you so much for joining me today. Give a quick plug. Where can people learn more about Goodwill? Goodwill.org. Just jump right in. The other thing is Goodwill Northern New England. Or drop into your local store and say, in addition to what I see before me, tell me more about this. Show me more. Um, but Goodwill.org is, is the place to go. Thank you so much. Ned Helms, board chair of the Goodwill Industries International Board of Directors. You're listening to the New England Take on WKXL.